This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Greetings and thank you for joining us on this Berean break. My name is George A. Sinke, and I'm so glad that you're with us. In this program, as with all our studies in the Bible, we believe that the Bible is complete and final authority. I encourage you to pick up your Bible and check out what is taught here. As we begin, let's go to God in prayer. Great God in heaven, we thank you for this time in our lives. As we start into the fall of the year, help us to remember that there is a great eternal harvest that awaits all of us. Thank you, dear God, for your word, which guides us into all the truth. As we study your will together, may all of us be persuaded by your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go into our study with an open heart, looking for what the Lord wants to teach us in his word. Turn over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. But we were made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. In these verses, we hear the inspired apostle Paul as he points out the uncertainty of this life and the reality of a life beyond the grave. In verse 10, the apostle gives us the sobering thought that we must all appear before the judgment seat of God to stand in judgment for the deeds which we have done while here in this life. Notice in this verse that the apostle teaches our judgment will be concerning the things done in the body, whether good or bad. In Matthew chapter 7, in verses 21 through 23, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you who practice lawlessness. What has to be done? He who does the will of my Father. There is something to do in serving Jehovah God. Whatever is included in the will of the Father, man must do if the Father is to be pleased. This involves more than faith. Surely faith is a primary requirement, because it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. But when one teaches eternal salvation upon the doctrine of faith alone, that person has not rightly divided God's word. James says in James chapter 2 and verse 4, You see that a man is justified by works, and not by faith alone. 
Isn't it strange how men would teach that there is no responsibility upon the part of man to do anything? Yet James states that man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Surely it is understood that the works involved here are not works of man-made doctrines. Rather, these works are the works of righteousness, obedience to the works of God. The case James uses as an example serves to point this out. Abraham was justified by faith. So says Paul in Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Yet James says, Abraham was justified by works. Do Paul and James contradict one another? Did the Holy Spirit make a mistake in one of these passages? Oh no, Paul was right when he states that Abraham was justified by faith. And James was right when he states Abraham was justified by works. The truth of the two passages is this. Abraham had enough faith in God to do what God commanded him to do, that is, the works of God. Abraham's faith was perfected by his obedience. Surely Abraham believed God, but it was not a barren faith, but a living and active faith, an obedient faith, a faith that listened to what God commanded and then moved to comply with the divine will. Man's salvation is the same way today. Man is saved by faith, but that faith that saves is the faith that obeys, the faith that moves to do what is commanded by God. When one talks about his great faith, but will not do what God commands, be aware that his faith is not great enough to save him. Let me quickly point out again that when we talk about doing something or having works, we are not discussing what man might devise or innovate, not man's wisdom or how he wishes to serve God. We are speaking of the commands and teachings that originate in heaven the commands that are a part of the divine revelation, the commands given through the inspired writers of the last will and covenant of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Going back to our beginning passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we now go on to verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. You will note that Paul said, because of the judgment, verse 10, knowing the fear of the Lord, verse 11, and realizing what will happen to the man who stands before the presence of the deity, to give an account for all things in his body, Paul says, we persuade men. Notice closely in the remaining time that we have left what Paul has said. First, he says, we. In other words, men are not to be persuaded in this dispensation by angels, dreams, and feelings, not even by the direct power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, we persuade men. We, the faithful of God, 
Primarily in this verse, the inspired apostles. God now uses mankind to persuade others to obey. Examples of this are found in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 9, Christ used Ananias, a preacher, to tell Paul what to do. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius was told to send for Peter, who would tell him words by which he would be saved. And that's restated over in Acts chapter 11, verse 14. In Acts chapter 8, Philip was sent to tell the Ethiopian eunuch what to do. In the great commission of our Lord, Christ said, Go and preach. Men are to be persuaded by other men. If man had to wait for God to persuade him, then why so much preaching on the part of those who so believe? Why would some spend their time and money preaching the gospel, if all the while saying you must wait for God to compel you? No, Paul says, we persuade men. Secondly, Paul said that we persuade men. He states that mankind must be persuaded to do God's will. To persuade means to plead or earnestly urge or beseech. We cannot frighten, scare, trick, or curse man into obeying God. Yet many man-made religions do just that. But such is not in harmony with the word of God. We might ask, what did Paul use to persuade men? The answer is, the gospel or good news must be preached. It must be believed and it must be obeyed for salvation to be enjoyed by man. The gospel demands faith, as already shown, and it demands repentance. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 states, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all everywhere should repent. It demands a confession of Christ Jesus as the Son of God. Listen to Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The gospel also demands immersion in water unto or for the forgiveness of sins. Listen to the Lord in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. In fulfilling this commission of the Lord, Peter states in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When a person is persuaded by these truths and obeys these truths, then they become a Christian and not before that. Third, Paul says that we persuade men. Note that Paul did not say that we must beg God to save. He did not say that we persuade Christ or the Holy Spirit, but we persuade men. And men here is 
mankind, not men as opposed to women. This one passage destroys the false doctrine of a mourner's bench salvation, where men and women shouted long and loud. This removes the emotional frenzy that accompanies the false doctrine of the direct operation of the Holy Spirit's salvation. Dear friends, in this radio audience, God has already shown his willingness to save you. Jesus Christ left heaven, took upon himself the form of flesh, eventually dying a cruel death of crucifixion on the cross to show the Father's love for you. It is an insult to God to think that we need to beg him to save us. Hear the Apostle Peter as he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Does this sound like man must wait for God to come down and shake him? That man must wait for some direct jolt from heaven before he can be saved? Oh no, God has already made provision for your salvation and mine. It remains for us to accept what the Lord has done for us. He has shed his blood. He offered himself as our sacrifice. But we must have confidence, that is faith in him, and then obey the will of the Father. Yes, Paul states, we persuade men. That is one of the purposes of this broadcast, that we might persuade you in our listening audience, to examine the Word of God, to study the Scriptures, and that you might be persuaded to obey the Word of Heaven, the will of the Father, that you may have the hope of eternal life when this life in the flesh is over. What about you? Are you persuaded to follow the Lord? Are you willing to forsake the man-made doctrines of this world? and to turn to the living Word of God, we invite you to join us in serving the Lord. This Berean break is brought to you here in East River, South Dakota, by the pre-denominational Church of Christ that meets at 1600 East 1st Avenue in Mitchell, South Dakota. You are welcome to meet with us at 10 o'clock Sunday mornings for our assembly, followed by a time of Bible study and also on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 for an additional time to study God's Word. If you have a comment or a sincere Bible question, please call or text me at 605-770-5555. The Berean Break is brought to you in West River, South Dakota by the pre-denominational Prairie City Church of Christ. They also meet at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, and you can contact them at 605-593-7045. This is George A. Sinke with the Lord's Church. Goodbye for now, and remember to check out what I have taught with God's Word. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.